Businesses want to talk to their customers, and that's perfectly understandable. But in the last month or so, it seems like businesses have forgotten how to talk to their customers like the intelligent grown-ups that they are. During these difficult times. In these troubled times. Challenging times. Trying times. In these times of uncertainty. During this time of great uncertainty. During these uncertain times. During these uncertain times. In uncertain times. We're getting choked with an unending parade of companies who want us to know that they are here for us. Our teams are here. We are here. We're here. We're here here for you here for you we're here for you we're here for you we are here for you we're here for you and it's turned into this super saccharine approach that says we understand that COVID-19 is scary and if you understand that COVID-19 is scary and if you know that we know that COVID-19 is scary maybe you'll do business with us now and it may feel natural to take this sort of hallmark card approach in your advertising it's not exactly helping your business by essentially saying what everybody else is saying and saying the things that we already know to be true. These are the kinds of conversations that we're having with ourselves and conversations that we're having with our clients. Conversations you'd normally only hear if you were sitting around the Wizards round table. We start today in Toronto where Stephen Semple is going to tell us that right now is probably the worst time to try old sales tricks like adding urgency and false deadlines in your advertising. Just north of LA is Jerry Cassandro. He's going to tell you to watch for social proof. This is the phenomenon that makes us feel better about doing things when we see other people do the things that we want to be doing. It's going to be an important indicator that things are turning and coming back to normal. But we start today in Toronto with Stephen Semple, and we start with that very question. When will things look like they used to look like months ago? We're... The world has changed where we are. We are, even when we go through this, we are not, we're not going back to, to what it was before. There's so many things that have changed. There's so many habits that has changed. There's so many things that are, that are completely different. It's almost like this event you and I were talking about earlier is, is so huge because it's happening also at a time where there was a acceptance of a whole pile of other things going on at the same time. So it's almost like we've got this convergence of all sorts of things happening that is going to change, going to change the world. You know, just even like, like a thing like Zoom, right? Like, like how much were we using video conferencing previously? The other day I was sharing with you, you know, I, I live next to the lake and there's a path along the lake and this elderly couple were walking, were walking on the path and, you know, they're all like in their eighties and walking six feet apart, social distancing and having hearing aids in. So they're having to yell at each other. So you know, everyone heard the conversation and what are they talking about? They're talking about zoom. They're talking about ordering groceries online and going to the store and picking it up. Like this is stuff that there's no way would have been broadly accepted before. And is now we've all grown comfortable with those things. So are we necessarily going back to shopping in the store? Are we necessarily going, like, there's all sorts of things that we're not returning to. I, I, I'm, I'm fully convinced that 30% of office staff are not returning to their offices because all sorts of companies are like, oh, we can't have people working remotely. Oh, it won't work. And are now going, huh, you know, this works out pretty well. Or also looking at it from a health standpoint. You know, there, yeah. there, there's, a, there's, there's a company recently 
I heard about where they're having half their staff come in one week and half the staff come in the next week. So that if people get sick, they're protecting half their staff. Gary, what do you think that means for uh, advertising in the future? We, we, we know some places have adjusted now, but what's that going to look like in a post-COVID world? Instead of advertising to get people through your front door now, it's more like reaching out and connecting with them in, in a, in, in a, in with, this, um, with this virus going around. A lot of commercials are saying top of, top of mind awareness. For example, what about the customer experience? It's changed. Yeah. Completely changed. Now, let's just say, for example, that we get over this COVID-19 and we get back to normal, whatever normal looks like in the future. Still, it has changed because people have still kind of adapted to certain behaviors and we're adjusting now to a new world. And I think advertising is, is going to change the way that we communicate our business to the new world. So do you think uh, the Zoom meetings in the future will have a commercial break right in the middle of it? I think so. And I, I, it could be. Yeah. But the thing is, the thing is, though, is my wife works four days a week. She spends one week at home. She's in property management. My, her boss told her about five years ago, no, I don't want you working from home. You can't work from home. Now he's telling her, oh, please work from home. That's a whole different thought process. Even how does that uh, apply to just the changing trends in, so if, if, if advertising starts to change, if the way we buy starts to change, um, how does that affect how a business communicates not not the not the method that they use to communicate but i'm curious about uh what they're saying to communicate you know the funny thing is i don't think what we say needs to change much um you know proper advertising is about building an emotional bond with the consumer and making the consumer think of you first and like you the most i don't think that changes so i don't think our message long term changes. I think maybe some of the ways that we deliver our message may need to change because of drive time pattern changes. That's going to affect the effectiveness of certain things. If we do things in a different manner. It may change some of the delivery mechanisms, but I don't think it changes the messaging because at the end of the day, what do we want? We want, the, we want the consumer to generate an emotional bond with us. How do we do that? Origin stories, talking to them about the things that they care about, making our emotion, our message emotional. None of those things, none of those things change. This is a lesson for thinking long-term. Uh, the businesses that are getting slammed right now are the ones who are living off of the sale of the weekend and, and uh, let's, you know, the car dealers and let's get them in this weekend. And the ones who aren't having as much of a problem right now are the ones who are already known entities and, and have some place in people's minds well, and look hearts. At, let's look at the psychology a little bit deeper um, on this. So I think it's safe to say that people feel a little off. They feel a little bit stressed. They feel a little bit scared. They feel a little bit worried. I, I think that's safe to say right now, right? Well, if we think about what happens in the human brain as soon as you put those stresses on, we all know what happens to physiology, brain flow, 
you know, blood flow reduces to the prefrontal cortex and we have, a, we have a harder time making decisions. Now, let's run a sale with urgency. <laughs> Does that work when I'm already in a state where I'm feeling a little panicked and a little worried and a little bit scared? Let's just crank that up, shall we? Let's add urgency on top of that because that'll make everything feel better. Or let's even do worse. Let's say we're running this sale due to COVID-19. Oh, yeah. Let's remind everybody of the panic situation and then slam urgency on it. It's not going to work. Mm-hmm. What people want to hear right now is they want to hear calm and they want to hear caring and they want to know that I can trust you. Those are the messages that are going to resonate because what are people looking for? They're actually looking for leadership. They're looking for that type and comfort, those types of messages. So that comfortable, reassuring, I got you. I'm a great guy. We love each other. Are, 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 I think are going to work better now than they ever have. People are looking for comfort and people are looking for hope. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they really are. I'm going to challenge you both because you both are talking about the things that are going to change. Uh, what's going to stay the same? The message is going to stay the same. Uh, the basics. Because you still need to burn your message into the brain of the public, your buying public, and you still have to have top of mind awareness. So there's a lot of there's a lot of talk about should I pull my advertising back right now because we're in this uh, virus type situation? No, go. I mean, right now, change it to a point where, again, like Stephen said, it's comfort and we're with you, but be ready to go full throttle when this thing calms down. Look, I think when people start to what they call social proof, it's an influence principle called social proof. They're going to look to what other people are doing. I think this economy will start to build slowly at first. I think a lot of people will be a little bit afraid to go out. They're going to look to other people to see what are they doing. And then, but gradually we're going to come back into mainstream and I think we're going to get powerful again. But when it comes to advertising, I think you got to be ready to go full throttle um, at any given time. What do you think about that, Stephen? And I'm going to answer your question, but I'm just going to highlight one change. And we can, we can talk later about why I see this trend as being, being this way. But I believe online retailing is going to explode and is going to blow past brick and mortar sales. But here's the thing that's not going to change. Local advertising. Just because somebody transacts online does not mean, oh my God, that means we got to advertise online. That's kind of like saying, you know what? All the sales happen in my store, so I have to advertise in my store. Um, It's the same logic. What we do in terms of local advertising, in terms of getting the right amount of repetition and speaking to a large enough percentage of the population in that local environment does not change. Doesn't change. Totally is not going to change because that is about all the things Jerry was talking about in terms of the type of message. How do we drive the message deep into the person's mind so that it becomes part of long-term procedural memory where the person thinks of us first, likes us the most? What are some of the tools? There's the message, as Jerry spoke about, but there's also the repetition. 
and there's also reaching the right number of people. And the only way you can do that as a smaller, medium-sized business is by advertising locally. To the degree where I'm going to argue that if you had an online retail business that was strictly online, that that's how you should still advertise. Pick a local market, advertise like you're in that local market, and use all these techniques because that is not going to change. From a sociological standpoint, um, I, there are things that are true about the human condition that won't change either. I think we are a naturally social people. I don't think we are. No, we are. Um, and this need to this need to come together in groups uh, is has always been strong, and it feels like it's going to be stronger. Um, and so, it's interesting, Jerry, that you mentioned. Um, the customer experience, because that's always an important thing. Um, now we're talking about a customer experience in the online world and through the front door. Um, and I, I'm, I'm anxious to see how we as a society address that um, because we are, you know, right now people are yearning just for some sort of actual contact and hang out with people uh, and just sit at the bar and go to a restaurant or go to a, a play or something. Uh, it, Jerry, it'll be interesting to see how that changes um, the customer experience. And it, it feels to me like they're going to have to be really, really on top of it and, and welcome people in with open arms. Yeah, they're going to have to think of creative, creative ways to to invite that experience to. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, uh, what they're going to have to they're going to have to welcome those people into the business um, with with a sort of a a um, more of a comfort level. But what what you were saying before is the advertising was completely uh, it it expanded outward radio, TV, whatever, this is what we have. This is what we have to offer. Come, you know, come into my store. And instead of getting people in through the door, I think it's more of let's gather the people around us and, and, and create, create a different brand. I think creating a different brand. Um, like Steven said earlier, it, 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 the message is important, but I also think that comfort level, we are, we are with you every step of the way. And that's interesting. Um, yeah, that's really interesting because people are going to go back kind of in slow motion and yeah. there's going to be, there's going to be that trepidation. Um, and so all the more reason to start your marketing and your branding efforts before that happens, don't wait for it to happen because right. you're going to be, you're going to be way too late. Uh, you you got to figure out a time if it's not now, uh, probably in the next six months you ought to start welcoming people back in because they're, they're going to come back in. They're going to come back in. Exactly. Yeah. I agree with that. They're going to come back in and they're going to, as soon as, as soon as they feel comfortable with what's going on, as soon as they get the confidence in the economy again, they'll start to drift back again. Now it's going to be slow in the beginning. I think there's going to be a little bit of trickle, but as like I said before about the social proof, as soon as they start seeing other people doing it, it's like the dance. Remember the teenage dance? <laughs> Nobody's dancing. And then once that first couple gets on the dance floor and starts in, then everybody kind of floods the dance floor. I think that's the way the economy is going to pick up. And I and that's why I think stores are going to get refilled again with customers. I have a little different take on that. 
But I'll tell you one thing I am looking forward to. I'm looking forward to interactions becoming three-dimensional again rather than these 2D dimensions. Oh, heavens, yes. Um, <laughs> but think back to 9-11. So 9-11, I think there's a lot of parallels between 9-11 and this because it was this scary event that happened, and it wasn't like all of a sudden somebody said, all right, the terrorist threat is over, right? There was no ringing of the bell that this is over, and we all gradually return to things. But... Think about what you used, how security used to be in an airport and on an airplane before 9-11. Mm-hmm. Think about those security measures, how the door was open, people could go in and talk to the pilot, all this other stuff. If you permitted that today, people would not get on an airplane. They go, are you nuts? Where's the security? If the security was not there, we would actually feel uncomfortable getting on an airplane. There was all sorts of security measures that were done that were hidden, and there was all sorts of security measures that were done that were very in front of people because what we needed to do was make people feel safe going on an airplane. But it also changed how we went to a hockey game and a baseball game and a football game and a concert in terms of the security levels and the metal detectors and the, and the, the scanning of this, that, and the other thing. Without that, we would not have gone back to those places. This has been long enough that things become a habit. You know, they say after 21 days, something becomes a habit, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've gotten used to going to the grocery store and you line up six feet apart and you line up outside and you go in, the person hands you the cart that's all brushed off. And there's the, there's the markings in terms of you stand here and you go down the aisles, these directions, right? We've all, and, and it's all normal now. That's kind of what you, the first time that you went up to that cashier behind the plexiglass. It was scary, right? You're like, oh my God, what's going on? Now it's like normal. Longer this goes, the more if a store does not have those things in place, people are not going to go in the store. And what my concern is, there's a lot of retailers right now who are closed, who are doing nothing to prepare their store for reopening. They're going to reopen their store exactly the way the store was when it closed and there's going to be two or three social posts about, I cannot believe the store hasn't done anything and they're done. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. And I think to the, to the nine 11 point, uh, yes, it changed how we go to concerts. Yes. It changed how we get on airplanes, but we eventually started doing that more than we were beforehand uh, just in a, in a different way. And I think, I think there's, I think there's probably a lesson in there for retailers and for brick and mortar stores is be thinking right now, how you are going to reconfigure your store in, in such a way that it's you know it's easier to get around and there's more there's more room and there's a PRL thing at the door. Um, I think those are the kinds of things we're going to see a lot more frequently. Yeah, and 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 they and look, what are you doing right now? You're not busy right now. You might as well be figuring that out right now. I think when you you have true values of what's important in your life. What are the things that we truly value? Not, not all these superficial things that we thought we valued, but what do we truly value? Family, um, convenience, mm-hmm. comfort, togetherness. Um, uh, people are sitting home wondering what to do. Write a book. You can go for a walk. I mean, we have been totally stripped away from all the superficial things that we thought was important in our lives. And we're finding out now they're not that important. What's really important are our true values, family, um, uh, maybe a hobby, 
people are doing things today that they didn't think they they have time to do. You know, really, write a book. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. That's, you know, we were becoming more of an experience economy anyway. Uh, the people were, were going after doing a, a great thing instead of buying a great thing. Um, and you have to wonder, will that be even more important uh, post-COVID? Probably. You know, it, it, it's really easy for, and I don't want this to all sound doom and gloom, because to a certain degree, this is sounding doom and gloom, right? Oh my God, there's this and there's this. But well, that's your fault, Stephen. You got, <laughs> Jerry and I have a nice smile on our face. Because I'm, I'm such a negative person. <laughs> but, 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 the, but the point is, is that there's an opportunity here. That the companies that get this right and grab this by the horn and do this are garner major, major market share. The, the, the leaders today became leaders today on how they came out of the last economic challenge. Every time there's a challenge, that's actually the moment which the winners are determined. And it's the winners who are determined based upon who looks at that and says, holy smokes, the world's changed. This is my opportunity. I can refigure that, configure this. I can make this work for everyone. And guess what? By extension, I win because everybody else gets it wrong. So it's actually an exciting time because it's a massive opportunity. We get creative when our backs are against the wall, and we've seen this time and time again in recessions and depressions and wars and terrorist attacks, uh, that we, we get creative when we have to, and now we have to. Yeah, now we have to. And, and, and the only, my caution, and, I, and unfortunately, I've been, you know, I've, been talking to a, to, to, unfortunately I've been talking to a lot of people, but one of the things that I'm hearing is, well, when this gets back you know, to normal in this belief that is going back to what it was before. And that's just, and if you have that belief or that approach, I, 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 I think times are going to be tough for you. I think times are going to be tough for you. Thanks to Jerry and Stephen for their insights. And the conversation continues with you in the comment box below. We'll answer your questions on upcoming episodes of the Wizards Roundtable. If you'd like to get in touch with any of us, emails are coming up next.